Hello, this is Mr. Bass. Welcome to the Mr. Bass Cast podcast. This is a podcast about fishing, all kinds of bass fishing mostly, although I do like any type of fishing I can get my hands on. I love it. But for the most part, Mr. Bass spends most of the time fishing for bass, whether it be kayak bass fishing tournaments, uh, other bass fishing tournaments, fishing for fun, pond fishing, fishing on a boat, fishing in a lake, fishing tackle, fishing strategies, you name it. I love everything there is about fishing, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. I am excited today to start my inaugural first episode out by talking with what I consider to be one of the best bass anglers I have ever met. He is just a tremendous fisherman and uh, a humble guy, a great guy, and uh, I am really fortunate to call him my friend. Uh, His name is Joe Lee. He fishes uh, small tournaments, uh, team tournaments, those kind of things in, in his home state of Texas. But I met him by fishing um, BASS Open tournaments as a co-angler. He's uh, always fished as a co-angler, and pretty much I have as well. And we have become good friends over the years. Uh, The interesting thing about Joe is he knows how to win. And uh, he has an excellent record uh, at the uh, BASS Open level, as well as on other circuits. And he is just a wealth of knowledge and super experienced. And I know you're going to learn something by listening to him today. What we're going to focus on in this first episode is Joe recently won a BASS Open Tournament as a co-angler at Louisville Lake. And he called me uh, just, just about a week ago following the tournament, and we were talking, and I said, man, I can't believe it. Congratulations, another win. Uh, Give me the details. Tell me how you did it. And he went through and told me step-by-step, day-by-day how it happened, and I was fascinated. It was really fun to listen to. So I told him, I got to get you on my podcast. Um, I've got all kinds of people lined up and ideas, but you need to be my first guest. And he agreed to do that. So we are going to start today by introducing you to a very good tournament angler, Joe Lee. And uh, hopefully you enjoy this. And again, thank you for tuning in. What's up, Joe? What's going on, man? Can you hear me? <laughs> what happened to your hair, man? <laughs> I didn't have much left, so I had to shave it all off. Jeez, I haven't seen you uh, so such a fresh look. Yep, got me a COVID beard and no hair, so yep. Nice. Definitely nice. a change. <laughs> Good, you followed my lead with the beard there. That was probably from last season. You were just like, man, his beard is so awesome. That's what it was. (laughs) You inspired me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. Man, look at all those trophies behind you, man. Yep. Yep. I've gotten lucky a couple times there. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining me. This was a fun, uh, fun conversation we had the other day. And I thought, man, we gotta, we gotta share your story with the world because, uh, you uh you are an inspiration i'm sure to a lot of fishermen especially young fishermen wanting to start out and uh you know the path to starting out um often starts at the co-angler level and uh you and i have been co-angling for years you've been doing it way longer than i have and uh that's uh kind of something i wanted to talk about but before we do that let's uh let's talk a little bit first about um just kind of your kind of who you are in case people don't know so 
But uh, you and I got to, uh, became friends through the uh, BASS Opens and started fishing together a few, probably about three years ago, I think, and uh, fished a couple of seasons. I didn't fish last season, so you fished without me, and it paid off big time. So that may be, may be an indicator for future tournament wins. Don't fish with me. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. You know, I... <laughs> I definitely, a lot of my success comes from fishing with a lot of different guys and, and I travel with a lot of co-anglers and uh, pros. So, uh, man, you can sure learn a lot and you can sure help each other. And I think that's part of the game, you know, you really, uh, you really can. Uh, you know, I, when I first started, uh, as a co-angler on, the I started on the, uh, Rayovac series years ago, uh, FLW Rayovacs. And um, I was new to the game, and of course I didn't know anybody, and I was kind of intimidated by it. And so I rented my own room and stayed in my own place and stayed to myself. And and uh, I'm not super outgoing anyway, so uh, it, I missed out, I think, quite a bit that first season because I didn't get to know guys and I didn't get to learn from them. And uh, once I started getting to know more guys and hanging out with guys and then rooming with people sharing a room a lot of co-anglers do this and a lot of angler pros do it too they share rooms to share expenses and stuff but you learn so much from each other in the process and uh man i'm a way better angler by hanging out with you and noel and some of those other keith and mark some of these guys that have been in the game much longer than me, have had a lot more winnings than me, and they know how to be successful tournament fishermen. And I know that has helped me a lot through through the years. So I think that's another reason uh, to, if you're gonna fish tournaments, to really start building some key relationships with guys. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, uh, I started bass fishing uh, with my dad when I was nine years old. And we fished a couple of the big local tournaments around here. And, you know, when you're that young, you, you don't really know a lot. I started out fishing with the Zebco 808, yeah. you know, push button, uh, rod yeah. and reel. And, uh, uh, you know, I'd always get upset with myself when I wouldn't do well in these tournaments. But as I got older, you know, I started, I was able to compete. Uh, but, you know, what you, what you just said, you know, growing up with my dad, we were big shallow water fishermen. That's all we did. We just fished shallow and, yeah. through H and H spinner baits and, and black worms with yellow tails, you know, that was about all we knew. Right. And, uh, but you know, uh, as I've gotten in to start fishing with bass back in 2005 and I started traveling, uh, with co-anglers right off the bat, the guy that, uh, invited me in to start fishing, he was a co-angler from California. And so we, uh, teamed up together and roomed together. And then we just kept adding guys as we went along. And, uh, you know, I think that's all part of the fun is having those relationships with those guys. You know, most fishermen are pretty good guys. And, uh, uh, you know, that's really been a huge part of my success is just learning different techniques and uh, listening to these guys talk about fishing. Uh, you know, because I, I had a certain, you know, th we all have, I think, things we do well. Uh, sure. But I think when you're able to learn different techniques, uh, and able to apply those at tournaments, uh, that's when, that's when the success really picks up, you know, and you're able to pick that fish or two that you would normally not get probably that helps carry you a little bit further along in the competition. So, uh, just learning from those guys has been huge for me. Even, even you, uh, you know, you and I fished together up, uh, at the uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. And I remember that after that first day, uh, you had a great bag. And uh, I didn't catch, but I think maybe one one fish or one or two fish. I didn't do very well that first day. And you kind of clued me into what you did on the water. And I used that to my advantage the very next day. And that's when I caught my five fish and was able to make that top 10 cut. And actually the pro I listened uh, that I fished with that second day uh, kind of listened to some suggestions that I made. And uh, we did that and we both caught fish. We both caught our limit and had a great day. So, uh, yeah, definitely learning from you guys as you're even in the middle of a tournament, you know, just, just picking out different things that'll help you, uh, sure. you know, make all the difference in the world. Yeah. The other great thing about fishing with buddies 
is you can share information during the tournament and you know you're not going to get lied to. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. That, and that's part of the game. You know, it's part of, uh, you know, being honest with guys, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're fishing the way I look at it, when you're fishing as a co-angler, uh, you know, you, you're fishing, you're not fishing against the pro in the front of the boat. You're, you're just competing with the other co-anglers and you don't know where you're going to go or what you're going to do on the lake. So as much as you can learn during the tournament, uh, fishing with your co-angler buddies, uh, definitely helps you in the tournament, you know, and you get into a situation where, you know, you're, you're fishing uh, a different technique with a, with a pro one day, uh, you know, that your buddy might've fished the day before that way. So at least you kind of have an idea of where to start. You know, it's hard to go out on the water, uh, not having a clue what to do. Uh, but if you, you know, can communicate with each other and help each other, that's definitely a plus. That's right. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Joe, uh, Joe Lee is his name and, uh, you're from somewhere in Texas, uh, some undisclosed location in Texas. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, those Texas boys are good fishermen, and Joe is no exception. And recently, Joe just won, uh, as the co-angler, he won the uh, BASS uh, Central Open Tournament at Louisville Lake. And uh, I was talking to him about his win and uh, congratulating him. And, man, just listening to his experience and the way he win, really, won really fired me up. And I was like, man, we got to share this. But before we do that, I want to just tell those uh, that, that are listening or watching a little bit about his success. And, and then he can give us a little more details on some of the, bass, the past history. But he's fished a lot of different uh, tournaments and tournament circuits. Uh, I would say, Joe, is it right that probably that the BASS opens, you fish more than the, than the other circuits? Yep, yep. Okay. I think I've fished 30 something events with Bassmaster. Yeah. So I've got this pulled up. I just want to share your, your BASS record. You fished a total of 37 tournaments time in the money, 28 times out of 37. That is incredible. That means <laughs> only nine times have you not been in the money out of 37 tournaments. And that if, if you've not fished these tournaments, that's hard to do. I mean, these tournaments, a lot of times you're competing against as many as 200 anglers and to get in the money, they usually pay right now. They're paying the top 40 places um, are in the money, but it fl it's fluctuated from season to season. Uh, but currently it's the top 40, right, Joe? Yep. That's right. So you've been in the money 28 times. You've had three wins, three first place wins. Once second place, one third place, 11 in the top 10, 17 in the top 20, and then 21 in the top 30. So for a total of 114,732 winnings uh, just on uh, BASS. And that's all as a co-angler, right? Yep, that's right. That's right. So <clears throat> you are kind of an anomaly in that you're probably one of the few co-anglers out there that makes money doing this. Uh, uh, most that's, of them, that's the only reason I'm able to still do it. Uh, if yeah. I wasn't making money, I'd be uh, home working. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Most of us don't make money. I haven't made money over the years. Um, and it is just a, a, a tribute to how good of a fisherman you are to actually make money fishing these opens. And I, I'm really impressed with that. I'm amazed with it. And so are so many of our friends that, that we fish with together. So congratulations on that. That's just absolutely amazing. And then uh, you won this Louisville uh, Central Open tournament here a few weeks ago uh, by more than five pounds. Your winning weight was 20 pounds, 15 ounces, and the number two guy was 15 pounds, 12 ounces. And when you see, uh, this is for a three-day total, when you, when you hear 20 pounds for three days, you may not think that's much, but um, on the BASS Opens, you only fish for three fish as a co-angler. Uh, a three fish bag. So that's 20, almost 21 pounds for nine fish total. If he caught nine fish. And I think probably one day you said you, you didn't get a full limit. Yeah. My second dad just caught two. Yeah. So that's 20 pounds for eight fish. So that's actually, you know, pretty good, decent, uh, size fish. And, uh, you won $16,093 in cash winnings. So they claim. 
<laughs> that's right. That's correct. Did you get a real? Did you get a real check for this one, or did they I give did, you a boat? Or I did. I did get a check. You know, uh, Bass was giving away a boat. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the 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 two tournaments that I won, where I received a boat, I ended up selling the boat. Uh, yeah. And getting cash for it, so it, it was nice to get the cash up front. So. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So Joe has, it, it knows how to win, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And Joe's agreed to come and uh, do more of these with me. Uh, we're going to be fishing probably more tournaments together some, and we're going to share with you guys a lot more info about fishing tournaments and his secret to success as a co-angler. There's a whole lot of things that you can learn. Uh, but today, just for sake of time, we're just going to focus on how he won this Louisville Open tournament um, because it's pretty amazing. And so... I'm probably going to ask some questions here, but Joe's going to do most of the talking um, and just kind of tell us, uh, you know, tell us maybe about the conditions of the lake, where the lake's located, what your thinking was before you, before you started fishing, maybe your practice a little, and then, and then how it all transpired. Okay. Well, uh, I, I did get to go practice uh, these last few years. I've actually gone early and tried to practice with different pros, uh, one of my good buddies, uh, uh, Ron Wells, lives up in Oklahoma. He's fished on the pro side since the early mid-2000s. And so usually I practice with him. But I've gotten to where I've met so many different pros uh, on, the, on the trail that, that I ask them when I'm out there, hey, do you need a, would you like a practice partner or would you accept a practice partner? Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time they're really, really gracious about it and they'll let you practice with them. And man, I just, I just use that as a learning uh, opportunity to go out and see how they fish and what they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been super, super helpful. So uh, the first day I did practice with Ron and we just basically launched the boat and went to the nearest bank and just started fishing. Uh, we, we just started throwing a chatterbait and I actually, I actually caught three fish uh, and I knew this was going to be a tough lake. Uh, let me back up a little bit. Louisville was probably the, the, the the tournament uh, of this series i think we fished four tournaments that i was not looking forward to even though i live 45 minutes to an hour from lake lewisville i fished it in a couple of tournaments mm -hmm. uh local tournaments and not done that well and you know the uh and especially this time of year i've never fished it in the fall so i didn't know what to expect i knew it would probably be tough everywhere has been tough lately uh so we get out there and, you know, I catch three fish, three keepers, uh, just practicing with him. So I thought, well, that's pretty good. Uh, then the next day I went with a different, a different pro. So was that uh, all shallow, all shallow water that day? It was all shallow. Yep. We, we just, uh, went down the bank. Uh, I think I caught a two around some stickups. There was a, the lake had gotten really low a few years ago. So a lot of the little willow bushes grew up and then the lake filled back up. So there's a lot of dead sticks sticking up in the water uh and yeah, so just them around that you, you made me think of something here uh you know when you're cut when you're uh the pros always talk about in practice not wanting to stick fish you know uh you don't want to catch all the fish that you might catch in a tournament but as co-anglers we in practice we don't really care about that and why why is that well, we're never going to fish that water probably unless we happen to draw that guy, which is very highly unlikely. But I will say this, uh, when I practice with guys, especially guys I don't know, uh, I always ask them before we go out, hey, is there, you want me to take my hooks off? Or, you know, I, if, if I'm fishing a Texas rig or something like that, I'll let them know, hey, you know, I, I won't set the hook. You just tell me what you want to do. And most of those guys will say, well, you know, the first fish we want to stick to see what the size is. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if not, I'll, I'll do, I'll shake them off just like they will. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm not impeding on what they're trying to do. I just want to get out there and learn and try something different. So, right. so, so sometimes, sometimes we go out and just practice on our own as co-anglers because most of us have boats and uh, we'll just stick all the fish, catch them all because it's fun to catch fish. And, and like you said, as a co-angler, you don't get to control where you're going to fish on tournament days. It's up to the pro-angler who's driving the boat. So it doesn't really matter if you catch the fish, but right. uh, that's another good point. If you're practicing with a pro, he cares because he's probably going to come back to that place if you find fish. So you want to be mindful of that and respectful of that pro and not stick all his fish. Absolutely. Uh, 
Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, that's one thing I've learned. Uh, you know, if you want to be successful as a co-angler, you want to, you also want to build a good reputation with these guys. So you want to be, you know, upfront with them and, and kind of, you know, help them, you know, uh, so, so many of those pros are trying to make the elite series and they're super serious when they get out there. And, and, uh, sometimes they look at you as a hindrance. So I try to break the ice as soon as I get in the boat with them and, and let them know I'm not one of these guys going to be casting over their line or, or doing anything to impede what they're trying to do. I want to help them if I can. And sometimes they'll listen to you. If you've been out there practicing, you've caught some fish. Uh, I've been in a couple of uh, tournaments where the guy, uh, you know, may, may not have been doing very well, but I did in practice and gave him a couple of ideas and we went and did, you know, use those to, to our advantage and they, they've been super successful. So I think if you could just really uh, be upfront with the guy and be honest and, and uh, let him know you're there to help him too. I think that's very yeah, important. Those are great tips for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, the second day that I went and practiced, uh, uh, we caught quite a few fish, but no keepers. So uh, it was a little bit different day, uh, high bluebird sky day. And so we felt like that was part of the issue. But, but uh, uh, one thing that clued me in was uh, we started throwing, I, th- I started throwing a, a, the, the wobble head uh, with a speed crawl on the back of it. And my pro was throwing a wobble head with the biffle bug on the back of it. Okay. And, and that lake is real rocky. So it's a great way to, uh, you know, if you're not using a crankbait, you can cover a lot of water with that type of bait. And we got a lot of bites doing it. So uh, I knew that's one thing I probably wanted to try to utilize in the tournament. Uh, so, so then, so, yeah. So the biffle head, uh, just for guys who don't know, it's, you know, it's, a, it's like a football head that's attached to a, to a um, hook, uh, usually a wide gap hook, and it swivels very freely. And in order for that thing to really work effectively, when you cast it out there, it's got, it's pretty much got to be on the bottom, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. Yep. And that thing is, you know, it's, uh, I was using maybe a seven sixteen ounce head. Uh, and that bait is really good. If you, if you can, if you continually retrieve it, it doesn't get hung up very easy. You would think a big football head would get hung up in the rocks, but, uh, as long as you're moving that bait, it, it works pretty well. And it gives the fish a little bit something different. Uh, and you could put different baits on there. I ended up catching the majority of my fish in the tournament uh, using a rage crawl on the back of it. Or you can use a speed crawl. I've done that on, uh, on uh, Table Rock Lake. Uh, it's kind of where I learned that technique. And then, you know, other places. You can use the biffle bug, whatever you want. But uh, uh, definitely clued me in. So anyway, the first day I draw... Uh, uh, this guy, uh, John Hunter, and he was, he, we were headed straight for, uh, we left the launch super windy that day, by the way, the winds was, the wind was probably blowing out of the South 15 to 20 miles per hour. We did take one wave over the front of the boat, trying to go to our location. Uh, and we were going to go fish some riprap along a bridge. But when we got there, there were four boats on it. And this lake, if anybody doesn't know, this lake's pretty small. And there's a lot of, uh, it, this fish is really small because there's only selected areas that have cover or that have, you know, places you can actually fish. Plus the wind didn't help because uh, that, a lot of people that fish in Maine Lake started fishing shallower and back in pockets and things like that. So we pulled up to this bridge, there's four guys sitting on it. So he says, well, there's a rock pile uh, just off of this bridge in some deeper water. So he, he pulls up there and he pulls out a drop shot and uh, I didn't even throw a drop shot in practice. I did have one in the boat with me uh, just in case, but uh, he pulls it out and he catches a fish right off the bat, probably a two and a half pounder. Uh-huh. And he's fishing a rock pile. He's got his boat pointed right at it as most pros would. Uh, <laughs> and he's trying to catch more fish off that. And he tells me there's, you know, there's cover around me, uh, but we all know as co-anglers, you're probably casting a lot of nothing. Yeah, but uh, but I just kept fishing and kept fishing, and finally uh, he oh, didn't catch anything. Else. No, not not at that point. I threw a drop shot. And, okay. uh, well, I did. I, I'm sorry. I did throw the wobblehead. I did throw it, and then I threw a drop shot. Some, uh, and I was just trying different things. I was jigging a a, a a rattle trap off the bottom. I was just doing a lot of different things <clears throat> at that point because there was not really a lot to throw at. And finally, I decided that. Uh, I wanted to throw a big shaky head 
And so I started looking at my box and I didn't, I didn't bring the worms. I had two in there that were, I'd cut off from another time I'd been fishing. They were wadded up in the top of my worm box. And I literally took one of those, tied it on. And by this time he's not catching. So he's going back and forth across this area. So it allowed me to throw up there. And I threw that shaky head up there and was just started, I'd hit the rocks and I'd just start shaking it. And I felt the fish hit and I set the hook and it was almost a four pounder. And so, man, I was super excited. You know, I fished that big in a tough tournament where oh, there's yeah. guys that weren't even catching fish in practice. So I was super excited. Hmm. And then literally probably 30 minutes later, I throw up there and uh, my, my lure gets stayed? stuck. So I start shaking it. Huh? He stayed on that rock pile quite a while then. He did. He stayed on it for a really long time. He wanted to fish the bridge, but the guys just kept going back and forth, back and forth. I think he wanted to go there. But uh, since he caught the one and then I caught the one, we stayed there a little longer than we probably would have. Uh, and I got hung up on a cast and I'm just shaking it. And finally it pops loose. And when it did, I started reeling it and I felt like I was hung in line. It was just a heavy pull. And, and I, so I slowed down and I felt my, my line moving off. And I'm like, well, I have a fish. And I reeled <laughs> it in, ended up snagging the fish in the pectoral fin. So I don't know if he was looking at it or what. <laughs> when I hit it. So, but I was, you know, elated because it was a nice two and a half pounder. And so yeah. I was like, man, I have two fish. And I, I was That's like, great. That's so, great. Uh, so uh, as far as the rules go, um, you can catch a fit. You don't have to catch them in the mouth then, huh? Well, if you're, if you're sight fishing and you can actually see the fish, then that's against the rules. You can't, right. you can't snag a fish. So, so in this instance, you know, uh, if you snagged one with a crankbait or something like that, you couldn't, that you weren't looking at in the water, then that's legal. That's yep. a legal catch. So yeah, it was definitely legal. And so uh, then we end up fishing the rest of the day. I think he picked up maybe two more fish. And then the well, last you to, probably. You got two. You only need one more for your limit because we're, that's right. There only has a three, three bag, three fish limit. So you only need one more. That's right. That's right. And so he started hitting some areas that were very similar to that right next to where we were. Uh, and he caught fish after fish on his drop shot, but they were all small. Uh, so literally the last probably hour of the tournament, uh, we ran up into the Lake Dallas area uh, and went into two creeks that actually fed into the lake. And the first one went in was super clear water. Uh, uh, and we didn't get a bite in there. And then he went to the second area and it was full of logs and stumps and we pulled in there and he wasn't in there five minutes and he catches one on a spinnerbait, uh, and it was a keeper. So I think at that point he might've had three, I think he ended up with three fish. And so, uh, I, I picked up my spinnerbait. I did have one in there. Typically I would never throw exactly what they're throwing. Now my spinnerbait was a little different than his but mm -hmm. I started throwing kind of backwards over the stuff he'd already went over and I catch a fish and it's a keeper and it's my third fish. And it's probably a 14, just a little over 14 inch fish, but I was super excited. I got three now and I, in wow. that Creek, I proceeded to catch probably, I caught two or three more fish that were very similar in size. They were all keepers, but uh, he, after he started throwing that spinnerbait, I switched over to a speed crawl and was flipping that behind him. And uh, that's how I ended up catching uh, three more fish. And I ended up culling uh, maybe a quarter, a quarter inch difference. So just a couple of ounces difference. Okay. Okay. And so, and we were boat like 150. So we fished all day long. There was, I think, 157 boats. So I was literally the last person to weigh in, but I did go to weigh in with three fish and I was super excited because I knew this tournament was going to be tough and to have three fish is yeah, definitely the goal. Yeah. So, so after day one, were you leading or uh, where yeah. were you at? Where were you sitting after day one? Actually, I was in third place after day one. Okay. So uh, when I, when I weighed in, I was the very last guy. And uh, when I weighed in, I was actually in third place. Okay. Awesome. So that's a great way to start. Um, and the one thing about co-angling uh, that we've learned over the years is uh, you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can lose it. Um, and, uh, but, but the funny thing about, uh, co-angling is, um, because of the nature of, of the fishing and the fact you're fishing behind guys and you can't control the water, even if you think you've lost it, you may not have lost it. Um, so, 
it, it's possible to blank on the first day and still make the top 10. So true. It doesn't, doesn't usually happen, but it is possible. But sitting in third place, you know, probably going into the next day, you probably only need one or two fish at most. And, and you're going to make it, you're going to make it to the top 10. That's true. That's very true. And given that tournament after the weigh-in, we looked at the standings and there was at least a hundred co-anglers that zeroed in that yeah. tournament the first Jeez. day. That's how wow. tough it was. Wow. And, and I know from my experience that, you know, typically the way it kind of works for a co-angler is usually you'll get, you'll have one really good day and then one not so good day. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I knew good that, news with a hundred and something guys blanking, you know, after that first day, I still got a chance to be in the money. I may not win this thing, but I definitely got a chance to be in the money if I can just catch fish tomorrow. Absolutely. And you know, the, uh, we, we do a lot of looking at those stats after the day. So I think the, the 12th place co-angler only had four pounds. Wow. So I had almost eight pounds. I think I had seven thirteen the first day. So, so I knew I probably be, probably was in the money for sure. Yeah, and I knew if I could just go out maybe and catch one or two fish, then there's a good possibility I'd make the top 12 for the last day. Awesome. Okay, so let's go to day two then. So day two, uh, uh, I, I draw this guy, we go out, and what's funny is a little bit back up, the first day I was fishing probably in 12, maybe 15 foot of water. We were fishing some deeper rock. And the next day I drew uh, this guy and we went out, we started fishing in probably, I'd say five or six foot of water, maybe out to eight foot of water. So it was a little bit different situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, I threw the shaky head a couple of times, but it was getting hung up really bad because it was super shallow mm -hmm. and that rock was super shallow. So uh, I, that's when I switched over to that biffle head uh, or the wobble head, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I had that rage crawl on there. And when we pulled up there, he started throwing a crankbait. And I, so I wanted to give him something a little bit different to look at. So I started throwing uh, that wobble head and we were fishing an underwater. He said it was an underwater boat ramp. I'm not really sure it was a boat ramp, but it was definitely a, a line of rocks that ran down this bank. So there was opportunities for me to throw. And he was super nice. He pointed out, he said, this thing runs from here to here and all, anywhere along here I've caught fish. So, uh, oh. and when I started casting, I could definitely feel the rocks and know he was talking, he was telling me the truth. So one thing you get made me think about here, uh, that it's good to kind of ask ourselves is if you're going to fish as a co-angler, um, what about fishing behind uh, a boater? Uh, like, uh, like you said, he's throwing a crankbait. If he's catching fish, you know, that's successful. Why would you not throw a crankbait? Well, <clears throat> Typically, the way I've, uh, the experience I've had, if, if he's throwing a crankbait or a, a spinnerbait or something like that, a, a reaction bait, he's probably going to pick up the fish that uh, uh, are going to bite that because he's throwing at them first. Yeah. So most of the time, he's going he's gonna to pick up that fish. And, and uh, you know, I, I figure that fish has already seen that crankbait zip by there two or three times. So if there is a fish still there that he hadn't caught, then most likely he, my best shot is to throw something different, you know, maybe a, a plastic or something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that fish has something different to look at. So. Yeah. Uh, so the, I, your choice of a biffle head is very interesting or a wobble head because uh, a wobble head is pretty much fished the same way as a crankbait is fished. Um, it's kind of a crankbait alternative, but it's not a finesse bait by any means. And uh, yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of times as a co-angler, if you fish a finesse technique behind the pro, a lot of times that'll get you bites. But in this case, uh, you were you were kind of being a what I'd call aggressive by going with that uh, wobble head, which uh, turned out to be a good decision. It really was, and it you know I don't know if it was intentional that way, but definitely uh, was something different that they weren't seeing. I think because I think everybody went into this tournament being a fall tournament. You know, we know the bass are chasing bait fish, uh, shad primarily. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot of guys are fishing in creeks and things like that. So they're all throwing crankbaits. And or so crankbait. I figure this is something a little bit different. Uh, and so that's why I threw it. And, you know, because he was throwing the crank, uh, the, the crankbait in front of me, just covering everything. So, uh, you know, so you're fishing around this, uh, you're fishing around this underwater chunk of concrete. It's a boat ramp or uh, something. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he actually had uh, pan optics on his boat and we pulled up there. He was looking around with his pan optics and he was telling me that there were fish out there and he was kind of pointing in the direction the fish were and then he's moving along the edge of it. So I'm, I'm no dummy. If he's, if he said there's fish <laughs> over there, I'm gonna at least be throwing that direction. So when we went past it, I'm almost throwing backwards towards where I thought the fish were and I catch one and it's a oh, nice wow. one. It's a three pounder. Oh, sweet. And so, man, I was at that moment, I thought, man, that is, I probably definitely in the money for sure now. And man, if I could just catch one more, I might be in the top 12 for the last day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was literally probably not even 30 minutes later, uh, throwing in that because we worked this one stretch of bank literally all day. Uh, the last 40 minutes we left. Uh, and so I threw back probably 30 minutes after that fish in almost the same direction. And I catch my second fish and it's a, probably a two and a half pounder. It's a nice fish. Oh, great. Uh, and then my, my pro switches to what I was throwing. <laughs> and he started throwing the same exact bait I was. You gotta love it. Up, they do that. I know it. I know it. Yeah, that's all. It that can get really scary if you're fishing targets because I've had the guys where I'm catching them in the back of the boat doing something, and they'll start doing the exact same thing and hitting all the targets ahead of me. So, yeah. luckily, we're that's just throwing nice. it, a lot of stuff, so it didn't really matter. Uh, that's a whole probably a whole other discussion we can get into, but sure. But, uh, but I, I was super excited. I had two fish, you know, I wanted that third one. Uh, we left there and went and fished a couple of spots the, the last probably 40 minutes of the tournament. He actually caught one, uh, a keeper. So I think he ended up with three fish and I had two, uh, but the two I had were good ones. And we were boat 150 the first day and we were boat like number four, I think the second day. <laughs> So when I weighed in, I immediately went to first place, but I only had five pounds and nine ounces. So, but I thought, you know, there's a possibility I could make uh, the top 12. And that actually held up all day or the whole rest of the the time. So after the second day, I was actually in first place going out literally a few ounces behind the second place co-angler. Wow. That's awesome. So that's a great feeling. And for those of you who don't know, on the BASS tournament, open tournaments, uh, they take the top 12 uh, for the last day. So everybody fishes day one and two, and then the top 12 fish day three. So you made it to made it in the, the top 12. Number one, that's a good place to start. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's uh, a little ner- nerve wracking, but it's definitely, hey, I-, I was excited to be there on the last day. And, you know, everybody's goal is to try to make that last day. Uh, and you know, then it, you feel like the pressure's off. You can go out there and have fun and fish. So I was definitely excited, uh, you know, not expecting that at this tournament, you know, I was looking forward to those other Sam Rayburn and Neely Henry tournaments, you know, thought yeah. that's where I'd really do some good, but, uh, Hey, I was, I was happy to be there. <laughs> Very happy. Yep. Okay. So championship day, the day you won it all, what, what happened that last day? So, so I draw a guy, his name's, uh, uh, Blake, Blake, uh, Watley, Blake Watley. Uh, he is the brother to Brad Watley. Brad Watley is on the elite series. Okay. And Blake, Blake is trying to make the elite series so he can fish with his brother. Gotcha. Uh, I couldn't have picked a a, a better guy. You know, that's one thing about being a co-angler sometimes, uh, you don't want the very best guy uh, to draw, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Because those guys are so good. I mean, I, you know, Greg Hackney was in the top. Uh, I think he was in fourth or fifth. I don't remember where he was at. I and know. I was thinking, man, I don't know if I want to draw, you know, I don't know if I want to draw Greg Hackney. Definitely if I'm oh, flipping because the guy can outflip me. No problem. You know. Yeah. I've, I've, so, I've, that's happened to me quite a few times. Not a, well, a handful of times. And like I, I was in the back of the boat with Jeff Crete out at uh, Table Rock one time, man, just forget it. That dude, <laughs> he just smoked me. I, he didn't give me a chance to catch a fish anywhere, you know? Yep. And, uh, I, I've said the same thing, man. You do not want that guy. You want the, uh, you want the guy <laughs> that knows how to find fish, but uh, the best guy is the guy who knows how to find fish, but really doesn't care if he wins or not. <laughs> right exactly (laughs) those are hard to find yeah 
But even yeah. if you got a guy like this that really wants to win, uh, some of them can be really very, very sportsmanlike though, and and really help a co-angler. I've had so many of those pros help me out um, as well. So. Absolutely, yep. It's uh, so so Blake. Uh, we he, he was fishing up in a creek, and he told me that we he told me the day the night before. So that's another good thing we need to talk about is probably w when you draw these guys you talk to them the night before you go out with them. So, you know, there's a few key things that co-angler wants to ask, you know, what, uh, are we fishing deep? Are we fishing shallow? Uh -huh. You know, you can ask some questions. You don't have to get super detailed, but at least you have an idea uh, of what you're going to be, what, how you're going to be fishing. Uh -huh. So that'll give you some ideas on what to throw and maybe even uh, talk with your co-angler buddies that have fished th those ways that week and see how they've done. So, uh, when I talked to him, he told me, yeah, we were fishing up a creek, uh, one of the creeks that major creeks that fed into the lake. And he said, we'd be flipping, uh, throwing a spinner bait, stuff like that. So as soon as he said that, I got pretty excited because I love to flip. Flips probably, flipping yeah. is probably one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, uh, you're, a, so, you're an awesome flipping machine, that's for sure. Well, you know, I think I, it's probably... Uh, what is that law of averages? You know, I figure if I flip a, a million times in a day, I'm going to, I'm going to finally flip it in front of a fish. And so yeah. when I flip, I just flip as fast as I possibly can. And I, I try to flip into places where I don't think the pro is going to flip into. So yeah. when we got up there and started, I saw him pick up that spinner bait and he started casting around the edge of the cover. So at that moment I knew I've got to throw my bait where he's not throwing that spinner bait. And when you're flipping, you can flip right in the middle of the cover. And we weren't up there probably 10 minutes and we were going down this bank and he threw it, but there was a lay down, had a bunch of big bushy branches on it and he threw around the edge of it. And uh, when we pulled up there, I just flipped right in the very middle of it and I catch a fish. It's like a pound and a half fish. And so I was super excited. I have one fish, you know, I'm not going to go to weigh in empty handed. <laughs> I told my wife, my wife was going to come watch weigh in. And I said, well, honey, if I don't catch a fish, I don't want you coming because yeah. it'd be embarrassing to walk up there with no fish. <laughs> so I, I had that one fish and guys, literally that was the only fish I had till the last probably 45 minutes of that tournament. Wow. And Blake and I ran up and down that river. He did, he caught one, uh, four pounds, something, uh, ounce fish. Oh. And then he caught a couple more on that spinner bait and I flipped and I flipped and I flipped and, uh, I, I wouldn't catch anything. Finally, the last probably hour we came back down the river. I started throwing a, a fluke. I, I started just trying all kinds of different things and wasn't catching any fish. And we got back down to where we'd started where I caught that pound and a half fish. And I looked a little further out and towards the main part of the lake. And I asked him, I said, have you fished any of that? Cause there was some great looking cover out there. And he goes, well, I fished it in practice. Uh, and I thought he was going to turn the boat and go down that same stretch we went, but he didn't. He went out there to that first set of cover. And when we went out there, he threw a spinnerbait exactly the same way. He threw it around the edge of that cover. And then he turned the boat and I flipped backwards right into that bush. And I catch a three pounder, my oh, best fish. Man. And wow. I was super excited. And he goes, man, you just won the tournament. You just won the <laughs> tournament. I'm like, well, I don't know if I won, but I said, man, I'm super happy to have that fish, you know, at the last minute. I knew I was going to go to weigh in with two fish. And he basically uh, turned the boat and started down his best stretch where he caught all his fish uh, in that tournament in the place where I caught the first fish. And he said, he goes, man, I'm not going to fish this stuff. He goes, you continue to flip. You flip that speed crawl in there and uh, I'm going to let you have it. And I said, wow. wow. I said, you know, most guys won't do that. No, that and I think, I think he realized, you know, he, he was down to the wire and he didn't have enough to win. Uh -huh. uh, and he goes, you can win this thing. And uh, most of those guys don't, don't do that for you, but right. he did. And it wasn't 10 minutes, 10 minutes later, I catch a, a two pounder or whatever it was and flipped it in the boat. And he was, or started high-fiving and hugging me. And, and <laughs> we just got a ball out there. You're talking about the weight being off your shoulder because you've been so stressed out fishing yeah. that whole week and just trying your hardest, you know, to do anything you can to catch a fish. And it was just super, uh, man, it just felt so good. And I knew, even if I didn't win, we gave it all we had. And, you know, I caught three fish and, you know, that's the goal. Every time you go out as a co-angler, just to catch three fish. Don't worry about, you know, how big or how small they are. You just want to catch three fish. And right. that's what we did. And 
And uh, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better last day than that, you know, to do it at the wire like that. Yeah, that is awesome. That's incredible. So uh, you go to the way in and the rest is history. <laughs> yep. Yep. Went to weigh in and uh, we, we went out boat number seven because he was in seventh place. And so they weigh in uh, from 12th down to first is how they typically weigh in. Yeah. So when I weighed in, uh, I, I was in first. Uh, uh, I think there was a, a guy or two in front of me that caught a couple of fish that that ended up, uh, you know, being ahead of me till I weighed in. And then when I weighed in, I was in first and my wife was there, uh, my granddaughter, all that kind of thing. So <laughs> it was super a little bit emotional, you know, them being there. Cause normally we we're, we're traveling way far away. And, and so right. our families a lot of times aren't able to be there. So it was definitely uh, exciting to be there. And, uh, you know, the last one guy came in, I think with three fish, I don't think, I think me and this, the other co-angler, uh, I don't remember what place he was in. He had three fish. Uh, we we're the only two, I think that had three that wow. last day. So only uh, two, two out of 10 had, had a limit. Yep. Two yep. out of 12, rather. Only two out of 12 had a limit. Yep. That's right. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, man. That's a, a great story. Great to hear how you won that. And uh, uh, a victory, victory is sweet for sure. <laughs> um, what would you say uh, to young guys who are wanting to get in the tournament game, wanting to, to be a co-angler? I mean, what's it take uh, to win? You know, what, if, if they're really out there and they've got goals and they want to really move up, uh, you, you figured out what it takes to, to, to win repeatedly. What, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, Brett, uh, you know, I do a lot of praying before I go fishing and, uh, you know, there, there's one person I rely on, uh, that definitely, uh, he's the one that decides whether I win or not. And, and, uh, but I think all, all of us as co-anglers, uh, if we go out there and work really hard, we're, you know, I'm obviously passionate about fishing and, and I want to, you know, learn and compete. I, I think there's no better place to start than a, as a co-angler uh, yeah. and fish with different guys. There's so many of those elite pros that started out as co-anglers. Uh, and you can see the ones that are really, really good. The ones that uh, consistently win or in the top uh, of that uh, field are those guys that learn different techniques. So I would say that to any co-angler that's going to start, the, the best place to start is being a co-angler. There's so many people out there that want to just jump right in on the pro side and, and, you know, more power to them if they want to do that sure. and they have the money to do it. I definitely don't have the money to do that, but, but I've learned that uh, a great place to start as a co-angler is, is, you know, or to start is in the back of the boat and learn from these guys and learn different techniques. I've learned so many different techniques. I do fish a team tournament trail here locally uh, mm -hmm. with a fishing partner of mine that has a boat. Uh, my boat sat on the side of the house. Uh, we used his boat because his boat was better than mine. <laughs> and I ended up selling the boat and I fish, you know, I fish as a co-anger and I fish on a team trail here uh, locally. Uh, so you can learn those techniques out on the water and they've helped me so many times in my local tournaments. Uh, and so that's definitely the best place to start. And, and, you know, uh, fishing with BASS and I told Chris Bowes, the, the director there mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you, we need more co-anglers, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. a lot of times they pair up pros to co-anglers and sometimes, uh, if there's not enough, uh, co-anglers and the pros can't fish. Yeah. So, uh, you can definitely learn. And you know, the way I look at it, you, you may spend four seventy five, but you would have spent that much for two days with the pro on your local guided trip on your local Lake. So, yeah. uh, you can definitely, it's worth the money to come out and learn from these guys. And, uh, and then for me, uh, you know, there's that term a professional co-angler. I think that's kind of what I am. You know, I want to, yeah. I want, I want to call myself a pro, but I don't fish in the front of the boat, but there's a whole different aspect of fishing in the back <laughs> of the boat. You know, uh, Tommy Martin told me the very first tournament I came off the water, he said, if you want to be good at this sport, he said, he goes, you definitely can catch fish. And so I was super, you know, humbled by that thing, man, you, you think I can yeah. catch fish, but he goes, <laughs> he, he looked at me, he goes, 
but can you find fish? He goes, the guys on this trail that know how to find fish are the guys that win all the time. Right. And uh, so, so, so I may not know how to find them, but I definitely know how to catch them. So I try to exploit that. You know, I've got to try to catch fish behind Tommy Biffle and Greg Hackney and all these different guys. So, yeah. so I love that part of the competition, just trying to figure out if I can do it. No doubt. It really is fun. You know, the beauty of being a co-angler is you don't have to find the fish, but the frustrating part of being a co-angler is if your boater isn't finding the fish, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to catch anything. True. And we've, we've all been there. You know, we've had, we've all had really frustrating days fishing in the back of the boat, but uh, it's a great learning experience. I totally agree with you. I, th I just think back of all the different types of lakes I've been able to fish and behind some really good sticks and I've learned a lot by doing it. And, and that's always, you know, fun and challenging. Absolutely. Yep. And you can't get frustrated. You know, I know, I know you hear horror stories out there about, you know, how the pro front ended you all day. That's going to happen. I mean, there's just yeah. no two ways about it. Sometimes that's how they catch their fish. You know, they may, they may be going down a bank and they put you three feet from it because they're throwing something that they, the, the only way they can catch a fish so you can't get frustrated you just got to learn from it and uh just know that you know next guy you get is probably going to be fishing different right on yeah well thanks a lot joe i think this is great information and i really enjoyed uh, talking with you and and hearing the story again and uh it's uh you're an inspiration to me for sure and i'm sure you are to a lot of other guys as well and uh, appreciate you sharing this and uh I uh, am excited to see the feedback when we post this of what, what, uh, what everyone, how everyone thinks about it. Cause I think, I think you're going to be very popular and I think uh, over time we'll, we'll have a lot of fun doing, doing more of these kind of uh, things. I really look forward to that, Brad. I, I thank you for having me on here and discussing this and thank you for your podcast. Uh, I, I've definitely got a lot of uh, ideas just watching even the unboxings that you do, uh, you know, I told you, I saw that wake bait, that six cents wake bait. And I thought, yeah, man, there's not a lot of guys stealing that. Isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And those scum frogs and different things and the baits you got there on the wall behind you that probably most guys would die to have. Yeah. <laughs> those wiggle warts for sure. Yeah. But, uh, sure. but I appreciate, you know, and I love watching different co-anglers on uh, YouTube and, and learning from those guys. So, man, I'm looking yeah, forward to what That's we can do. Absolutely. Definitely fun. Okay, so that was Joe Lee, an incredible tournament angler at the co-angler level. He has won three BASS Open events as a co-angler. And uh, as I'd mentioned, he's had many top 10s, top 20s, top 30s, top 40s. Uh, very impressive record. Um, there were a lot of nuggets of wisdom in that little conversation that he shared with us. Uh, I know I learned quite a bit and I hope you did too. And uh, hope that you find this useful and helpful. If so, it'd be great uh, to get a review of the podcast, let people know what you think of it. If you'd like to find more of my content, Mr. Bass content, I do have a YouTube channel. It's the Mr. Bass YouTube channel. And if you just look for Mr. Bass, you will find me and um, do a lot of tips and tricks and, and uh, fishing videos and tackle videos and things of that nature. And uh, hopefully um, you will tune in sometime. I would greatly appreciate it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. And uh, until next time, this is Mr. Bass. Happy fishing. <laughs>